Hello and welcome to the BSG Podcast. I'm your host, Chase. And today, we got some news to talk about this week. And with me to talk about some juicy, juicy, and pretty much a fuck ton of news, Quinn, how you doing today? I'm doing good. If you do not know who we are, we are BSG. BS Gamers is what we are. We're an informative bi-weekly podcast focused on gaming news and discussions. On Mondays, we go over the news of the week, covering everything gaming without the BS. And on Wednesdays, we pick a juicy topic to cover or game to review and give our half-informed opinions. Today is a Monday, so it is a news day. And like Chase said, we got a lot of news, so uh, we'll probably just get right into it here soon. But before we do that, if you want to talk to us and contact us and talk to us about the news or talk to us about games you want us to play or talk to us about anything, how your sandwich was at Subway, eat fresh. Then you can do so on Twitter at BS Gamers Podcast on Twitter. The Twitter, you tweet us, we tweet together. We're all living happily and peacefully. What else can they do, Chase, if they want to hit us up? More importantly, more important than just tweeting us, we would love if you rate and reviewed us on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to us on. You know, we're a small podcast. We're almost non-existent. <laughs> uh, almost we, there. We've almost been Thanos almost, snapped out of yeah, existence. Yeah, we've almost been. But, you know, we really enjoy doing this, and we need those rates and reviews. And But more, but, but very important, this is an important note, if you do want to rate us poorly, please go to Twitter, rate us poorly there, and then when we get better, when we learn from your criticisms, then rate us on your platform. Basically, if you have a critique you want to make, do so on Twitter. We'll respond to you. We'll make a little conversation about it. We'll talk about how we can improve. We'll move on from there. We'll try and improve. <laughs> and then if we're doing good, then you can review us. Yeah. So other than that, I think we've covered everything that needs to be known. Let's get into the news. Let's go. So, starting with game releases this week, we have L.A. Noir, the VR case files for PS4. We have Mario Kart Tour for mobile. We have Ori and the Blind Forest Definitive Edition, Dragon Quest Heroes 1 and 2, Dragon Quest 11: Echoes of an Elusive Age, Dead by Daylight, Darksiders 2, Death Initiative, and I, Definitive, I Definitive Edition. Definitive Edition. Uh all those coming out on Switch. And for various platforms, we have Northgard, we have Rage 2 Rise of the Ghost DLC, Tropico 6, Code Vein, FIFA 20, and The Surge 2, all coming out on various things. And these, by the way, were the games of last week, and we'll talk about the games that came out this week, next week. Now moving on to the news news. First things up is that when it comes to VR headsets, there are currently two major categories, desktop or console VR headsets, which are usually called tethered headsets, as they're directly connected to the console or your desktop, and wireless VR, which are all-in-one headsets that are untethered headsets, meaning they don't connect to anything. They're just out, about, and you're living your life. Well, Oculus has just been uh, pretty much at the forefront of both of these developments for VR. They have their tethered VR headset, the Oculus Rift slash Rift S, and arguably the best untethered headset experience, which is the Oculus Quest. At the Oculus keynote this week, however, Mark Zuckerberg revealed a new piece of hardware for the Quest, which is their untethered device, called the Oculus Link, which allows you to plug in your Quest, an untethered headset, to your PC to make it a tethered headset, essentially giving you the best of both worlds. Um, one of the people at the event said that the Quest is essentially as strong as the Rift when plugged into your gaming PC, Meaning that there's no really, there's not really a big reason to buy a Rift. Another thing announced on top of this was that the Oculus Quest also has the ability to do hand tracking. Literally controller-free hand and finger tracking is capable on the Quest. Meaning you don't even need controllers, you just need the headset and your hands. And this is something that the Rift and the Rift S cannot do. So essentially, Quest is looking like the best of both worlds and even beyond that. Wow, sounds like uh, when it gets to the legs, oh, it'll be, be a pretty interesting thing. When they oh my, that. when it gets to the legs. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, that's it for, for that news. Moving on, uh, Mario Kart Tour has recently been released September 25th, 2019 with overwhelming success. Now this is a free-to-play mobile game. 
and on release day, it was downloaded more than 10.1 million times, beating out the prior number one downloaded game, you guessed it, we all know this, Pokemon Go. The game was made by the same people who made Pokemon Masters DNA, uh, which also had critical success. And if you don't know who DNA is, they also do service um, providing for Fire Emblem Heroes. There is a only a single player mode at launch and no multiplayer aspect except with a friends tab, which you can compete each other for the highest score on the track. So not a lot going on yet, but could be interesting in the future. So we'll have to wait and see. Just something to clarify. So that 10.1 million, that is beating Pokemon Go for just day one release download? On release day, that's what I said. Gotcha, cool. Yeah. Uh, Coming up next, we have Spider-Man comes home to the MCU on Friday. The two companies, Marvel and Sony, um, actually signed something. They they all, you know, they figured out how the deal was going to be got. And uh, if you don't remember, essentially what happened was Sony pulled Spider-Man away from Marvel, as Sony owns the franchise rights to Spider-Man in terms of visual and game uh, entities. And Marvel does not. And what happened was Marvel slash Disney asked for 50% of all the profits made by the MCU movies, including Spider-Man. Sony said no. And now they've officially agreed on a 25% split. So Sony gets 75%. Disney gets 25% of all the proceeds or all the uh, profits from the Spider-Man movies in the future. Uh, Disney also still retains the rights to merchandise. So... Sony doesn't get anything of that. And Tom Holland actually made a response on Twitter, uh, posting a GIF or a video of Wolf of Wall Street saying, I'm not leaving. And everyone erupts in cheering. Frogwares, the developer of many Sherlock games across many major platforms, have accused publisher Focus Home Interactive for delisting many of their games. Focus Home is delisting their games and not transferring the IPs back to Frogwares. Frogwares responded to this by writing a formal statement saying that in the past 20 years with Focus and other publishers, they have always returned the IPs to them. This puts Frogwares in a precarious position as this is a significant loss of income for their company as when games get delisted, they are not able to be bought by players. Although it was not stated in the contract, it seems to be a normalcy for Frogwares to be returned the IPs. Focus's official statement to Frogwares says, Focus has put in a policy in accordance with which they will not transfer any title, the content ID, or the title ID belonging to any developer which has removed all their games from the Focus catalog. Frogwares are in the process of setting up new store profiles for each platform, but in the instance that the game need to be resubmitted and e-certified, it would be a costly process to do so and comply with more up-to-date SDKs and processes. So basically, Frogwares is making Sherlock games, and now they can't get the rights back them to actually put them on the store, and in doing so, they're not making money. So this is a this is a tough situation for them. Another tough situation happening in the last week was that Chronicle, the manufacturers of the T51B collectible Fallout 76 helmet, are recalling the product as it appears to have mold issues due to one of the fabric inserts. So these helmets were specifically sold from GameStop and there seems to be 20,000 that are in the process of being recalled. The problems with the fabric inserts are most damaging to people with compromised immune systems, damaged lungs, or allergies to mold. And seeing how these helmets are helmets and you put them on your head, they're pretty much bad for anybody. If you have one of these recalled helmets, you you are entitled to a full refund of $150 and should contact GameStop directly if they haven't already messaged you. This is the third strike for Fallout 76 merch. This, the first being the Power Armor edition of the game, which supposedly was supposed to come with nice canvas bags, but instead consumers got cheap nylon bags. The second was a $300 Fallout 76 jacket that looked like it was made of plastic, and finally these mold-infested helmets being the third and possibly most egregious sin. Moral of the story is don't buy stuff from Todd Howard. Man, they are really getting uh, screwed over with a lot of this stuff. Um, I just bought something from GameStop too, so I'm a little scared now. <laughs> I guess maybe that's not Todd Howard related. 
But moving on, uh, we have some Green Gaming United Nations news. So, companies behind PlayStation, Xbox, Angry Birds, Minecraft, Twitch, and others pledged last Monday at the UN to level up efforts to fight climate change. Promises ranged from planting trees to reducing plastic packaging from game devices, more energy efficient to... I messed that one up. Sorry, guys. They promised basically to plant trees and to incorporate environmental themes into the games themselves. Ryan said Sony's plans include outfitting the next generation PlayStation system with low power suspend play mode. He said if 1 million players use it, they could save enough electricity to power 1,000 average U.S. homes. Wildworks intends to incorporate new materials about habitat restoration and reforestation into its children's games, Animal Jam, and to plant a tree for every new Animal Jam player. Microsoft plans to make 825,000 Xbox consoles that are carbon neutral or don't cause any net increases in heat-trapping carbon dioxide, and to promote real-life sustainability activities through its massive-selling game Minecraft. Game streaming giant Twitch, owned by Amazon, intends to spread sustainability messages through its platform. So not a lot there. And then Google's upcoming Stadia streaming service is financing research on how people can be inspired to change their behavior through games. Another thing that happened last week was that Nintendo Switch Lite had officially been released to the Japanese market and a few other markets. The handheld console was expected to hit target sales numbers of 300,000, but within the first week, they only hit roughly 180,000. This is only a little bit above halfway of what they were expecting. And a Citibank analyst have stated that the initial sale phenomenon is not good and that the Switch Lite may not perform as expected in the long run. And although 180,000 sales in the first week is a lot, being how the Switch was one of the fastest selling consoles ever, this uh, the Switch Lite was expected to do a lot better. Also, because of this setback for the new console, Nintendo's share price has started to fall. And this is uh, still an opportunity for things to turn around as more and more games come to the Switch console, making the console itself more valuable to the consumer. But at the moment, things aren't looking the best in terms of their current projections for the console. Finally, on to the last piece of news, Ubisoft has teamed up with Concordia University to create a video game design course that could keep students engaged all throughout its duration. The online course is called Gamers Game Creators Odyssey, which is a video game which teaches students video game development through Nagato, a feudal Japan-era ninja. Students will have to examine and analyze concrete examples and actual Ubisoft games like Assassin's Creed to learn. They'll also have to compete challenges and earn learning experience points to unlock more content like interviews with the game company's developers and to advance the hero story. To finish the course and Nagato's tale, they'll have to create their own game concept and share their design on the platform. The course is available in English and French and split into two acts divided into chapters and missions. Act 1 is already available while Act 2 will come out in Spring 2020. Unfortunately, only it is only available to students through select universities, but you can check out the course's trailer on YouTube. And that is it for the news. So we're going to take a small little break, grab a cup of coffee. For me, Quinn drinks only water. Uh, and we'll get on to our discussion. And we're back. All right. So I think we're going to talk a little bit about green gaming here. Some pledges being said by uh, a lot of mega giant companies about making a fight towards climate change. Uh, what do you think, Quinn? Do you think uh, they're actually going to keep any of these pledges or it's just a bunch of bullshit? <laughs> oh, yeah. They might, they might make these pledges. But ultimately, I don't think this stuff is... I don't think it's like enough, especially like with Twitch. They're like, oh, we're going to spread messages of sustainability through our platform. Like, yeah, there was <laughs> you should be doing that anyways. Like, I can't what? remember who like, the other one was, but I took it out because it was just so bad of like a, a, a statement. Like it was like a super vague. We'll do yeah, good. Pretty much. That was, that was like, oh, yeah, we'll bring yeah. more awareness. I was like, 
bitch that doesn't mean anything and and i agree right. like uh with ryan when he was talking about sony's plans um he said what who is ryan uh, he, i think he's i don't know he's probably the ceo he's one he's one of the <laughs> well you that's like the first thing at good journalism, good journalism. ryan the blank at sony said not ryan said <laughs> i think he's one, my friend ryan said something about bitch, sony. hold on hmm? <laughs> let me look it up <laughs> Uh, you should have looked it up while you were But there. anyways, um, um, what I'm trying to get at is, so what he said was they're going to help bring enough electricity to a thousand average U.S. homes. Now, that's if a million people use it. They they definitely get a lot more people than that. So it just seems a little odd that he would use that comparison or maybe it, it, it is no he's saying if a hundred million players million. go to this optional or yeah one million players use this optional mode which is a lower power mode then it would save well the other arguable thing is that it's not saving anything because it's still right. using power it's just using a thousand homes less power so it's not saving power it's 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 uh not spending that much power like, I feel like the, the, the phrasing of all this, right, is like, oh, we'll save a thousand homes worth of power. We're doing really good. But it's ultimately like, no, you're still you. Everyone who isn't using low power mode is still using a lot of power. Like your 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 consoles draw mm-hmm. a lot of power, period. Like you saving you're not saving. You're not spending. You're doing the opposite of spending, but not um, saving, if that makes sense. You're conserving you're being neutral, you're not conserving, but yeah, not you're, really. You're, you're conserving, but you're not saving. Saving implies that you're like adding power back into the system, but in actuality, you're just not using more power. And so, just to clarify, the guy Ryan, Jim Ryan, he's the CEO of Sony. So I was right. There I had a go. good guess. <laughs> of Sony America, I'm assuming. Uh... <laughs> kind of... God damn it! It just says he's the CEO of PlayStation. Sony's PlayStation CEO. Oh, maybe for play. Uh, interesting. I don't okay, know. that's that's all I know. Um, okay, um, so yeah, it's it's a little odd because we do have that actually with the PS4. Is what I was trying to get at. We have like that suspend power mode, and um, honestly, we could but suspend. We could just pa- turn it I off. think what he's saying is that it's not the suspending play mode is not a low power mode, right? But it's like PS4 suspend play mode, right? But I think he, what he, what he's saying is that they'll also try with their new suspend power power mode in the next generation of playstation it's going to use less power than the current mm. generation of suspend power mode suspend or at least percentage mode. wise we don't know I right mean, maybe the right. ps5 uh, requires more horsepower uses even more yeah. power but in comparison is using a percentage yeah. less so yeah. i mean who knows we don't have enough information about right. that mm. right. um i guess the microsoft plan where they're trying to I guess remove heat trapping carbon dioxide. I didn't know controller or consoles. I guess no, they do do that. They do. They do generate a lot of heat. Um, no, no, that's not oh what he's my saying. God, I don't understand it. Then please explain it. Being carbon neutral means that through the entirety of the process of making a console, they will be taking out as much carbon dioxide as like melting all the plastic mm. and all that shit causes to the mm. environment. And saying in heat trapping carbon dioxide, they're talking about for the atmosphere, not for the console making it there on okay, the spot. Okay, so when the, when they're making the console, this is where a lot of the heat trapping right. and the carbon dioxide issues occur. It has nothing to do with when we actually physically get the console and the console is really hot and produces. No, it's saying okay. that like through the through the process of making consoles and through the process of like recycling consoles, making consoles, making games, controllers, any product, you're adding greenhouse gases to the atmosphere. And what they're saying is they're going to try and I'm assuming what they're going to do is going to pay the difference. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're going to calculate on the low end how much carbon dioxide they're pumping into the system, and then they're going to pay a certain amount of money to uh, to like services that are actively preventing carbon dioxide or removing carbon dioxide from the okay. environment, like people that plant trees or whatever. Okay. Yeah, man, that sounds that sounds good. Uh, only. Why only eight hundred twenty-five thousand Xbox consoles, though? Uh, probably because they're 
there's already that's probably the amount of xbox consoles they're making they, in they, the future. they have Unless, to be making more than that for the xbox scarlet that's coming out or do you th- well right but we don't know if xbox scarlet is going to be called xbox scarlet or if it's just going to be called the scarlet or we we don't know I, I don't know what what that's saying is it saying current consoles is it saying next generation consoles i'd be I surprised if that were current consoles because honestly i think they're they're more or less done selling a bunch of consoles i mean they, yeah sure they're gonna sell some consoles don't get me wrong but it's not like uh the xbox one what is it the x or the s now is doing particularly well and then i think they revamped it with like the digital only xbox and i don't think that did particularly well either right. so i don't think they're gonna sell eight hundred twenty-five thousand within i guess a year so no but it's not saying this is going to happen within a year it's saying yeah it just it just seems odd it just seems odd to me because like i would make a bunch of xbox consoles for the next console because i'm sure that's going to sell at least a couple million that's just 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 my thought do you, do you right. see like the, but the i don't they're, they're not they're not but the thing is that that has nothing to do with either of this that they're just just saying eight hundred twenty-five thousand xbox consoles it could be current consoles it could be next gen it could be a combination of both it could be they could have another Xbox One S X Elite, whatever the hell is coming out. Another one, oh fucking shit! Like they have uh, like three already of the current generation, so why not make another one? I guess like they could. This is just their plan is very vague. They're yeah. not saying what specifically will be carbon neutral. They're just saying that roughly a million new Xbox consoles are going. I to I almost be feel neutral. like they just pick these numbers because they know it's possible for them to to achieve immediately without doing anything. Because they had already planned to do all this stuff or something like that. Maybe. Also, it means that, like, another thing is that if they, let's say, make those Xboxes, those consoles, and then they pay a charity and say that is them making their um, footprint carbon neutral, Mm -hmm. then they now get to take the payments to those charities and remove taxes and get tax uh, breaks from Uh, In relation... Quinn, who is your favorite guy that's tax that's not paying taxes right now? What, what do you mean, Jeff Bezos? <laughs> I almost thought you were about to say, and then Jeff Bezos, and then you were gonna just be no. like, he pays no taxes. Ah, and all of Amazon pays some taxes, not just yeah, Jeff Bezos. The entire company, which makes more than Jeff Bezos does, don't pays nothing. Yeah, don't in get taxes. me wrong, I, I get that part. I'm just, I, I just like how you always. Uh, off the air especially is like jeff bezos comes up quite often um <laughs> uh, i guess you know what's funny so this is probably just done by the person who created the article so like one of the things i said was like google's upcoming stadia streaming services financing research and how people can be inspired to change their behavior through games oh my, so that general. is the stupidest fucking thing <laughs> what in the if world? it's like to create a researching how to inspire people to care about the environment and change their <laughs> like behavior. what if it's like, not about the, the environment because like the way that it's written at least in the article that it didn't say anything about right the environment. right just and change their behavior <laughs> to become more addicted through with games, games. <laughs> right right how can we change people's behavior to become more addicted to our online service yeah so it's uh it's, it's like twitch man like i guess they're owned by amazon so i mean they're being dicks uh with with how general they're they're talking about just sending messages but what, i mean what is what does that mean <laughs> intends to spread sustainability messages intends to change behavior researching how to change the behavior of game gamers like i mean we're we're what? talking shit about the prior ones who gave like numbers, but at least they gave numbers or it seems like tangible things. These things that they're talking yeah. about. Is I bullshit. mean, don't get me wrong. Like, definitely, everyone else is also doing kind of shit. Like, like Ryan, right? The guy from Sony doesn't say that they're going to do anything. To they're not actively doing anything. They're just saying if their players do stuff, mm-hmm. right? They're saying if players decide to use our low power mode, then they do stuff. But they're not saying we're going to plant trees. We're going to change things. We're going to make the world better. They're like, no, nah, our players have to decide. We're not doing anything. Yeah, I honestly think that uh, Wildworks is going to be the um, best one out of all these because they want to plant a tree for every new player. So, like, what if, like, right. 50 million people just get onto Animal Jam or something like that? I don't know what it is right. exactly. Actually, maybe I'll look it up real quick while we we think about it. But I think that's, like, the best thing. Like, plant a tree. It means something. 
Right. I think I think it's good. I think it's also holy shit. What? Uh oh, I can see what the issue is. So they have 160 million registered players. This is a game that already exists since 2010. Yeah, but it's for new yeah, players. So... <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. That is hilarious. Right. Yeah, so I mean, so who how many new players are going to get on? Who knows. Um but let's say it is a million, right? That is a million trees. That is a step in the right direction. I know other companies do this where like if you buy a product, they'll like automatically plant a tree. But also like what does that even mean? Because they're not actively planting the tree. They're sending money to an organization that says they plant trees. But do they plant trees? And do they plant a new tree? Like I don't know, man. There's a lot of a lot of stuff going on. And where we plant these trees? If there's a hundred if there's a million trees being planted, where are they? In the Amazon forest or something like that, where where you don't really need trees there. You need where to... they actively cut down no, like a million trees a day. They, like... they plant the trees in the desert, <laughs> and then they just die immediately. Right, planting a tree doesn't mean that it's going to grow. Also, it's like so they're just throwing a handful of seeds out into the you know, not even putting it under the they... dirt. Just like here's a hundred seeds. There's your you know a thousand dollars worth of planted trees. The Bada-bang. CEO of Animal Jam just goes out of his building, just throws some plant seeds, and says, "Well, I did something." <laughs> right. <laughs> throws it out into like the. Oh, we got a, a million new players last year. Let me get a you know. Let me spend a thousand dollars on seeds and just throw them out the window. <laughs> it is cheaper this way. Let the birds yeah. eat them. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Let's. I think that's enough shitting on on uh, th- this. Let's uh, let's move on to something else. What did you want to talk about, Quinn? All right. Well, I do want to talk about the Oculus Quest because ultimately this new step for the Oculus Quest where it can also be a wired VR experience and also it can just track your hands so you no longer need controllers. Like both these things are really big. And I think they're a really big step in the right direction for VR because at the moment VR is really inconvenient, Mm -hmm. right? And the Oculus Quest makes it more convenient because you don't need anything. You just need the headset and controllers, and you can go play in the park. Like, you can go play VR wherever you want. And it isn't, like, the highest quality, but it is good enough quality where you can actually go play games and have a good time. Now, with the added bonus of, like, being able to play high-end VR VR games from your computer is a big thing. And these are these are two separate big things. Being able to play high-end quality things from your computer is huge. That means that you don't need a a really expensive um, VR headset to play these games now. Mm. You can use a cheaper headset that is also mobile. So you're getting a mobile. You're basically getting a switch for VR. You can get the switch and plug it in as and a console. And the switch is doing really well. The switch and, I mean, so maybe what? and the switch is doing really well in terms of like console sales. So maybe comparatively, that's that's actually really good. Like it's something that's portable and it has just enough horsepower to like do right. what you I want. I think that the right, and I think that's really necessary for VR because a lot of people, the the two main customers or or I guess believed customers are hardcore PC gamers because you need a, a good PC to even play good uh, VR games, and then the the market that people want to be a thing is the like mass market. Mass market people are not gonna not gonna ever no not every single person is gonna have a gaming pc they're gonna need something that's on its own all in now, one I, I wanted to double check you did say some stuff i wanted to make sure i understood all of this so you can play this untethered as you said and you can walk around with it essentially there's no there's no yep. limit um no limit how does it so like let's say you wear it and um you know how you have your vibe you have the vibe and how it keeps right. track of like your environment so if you bump into something how does that work right. with the oculus quest you know? uh, it's inside out so all the cameras are on the headset and they're pointed out and they're tracking okay everything. they're tracking the room essentially instead of the room tracking you now this means that the 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 vr experience is worse it, it is not going to feel as tight when it comes to tracking mm-hmm. But it's like it's playable and it's not super. And maybe it'll get better over the years. So this may be the better right. idea. You're- so this is this is what I'm thinking is especially so the second part of this is that because the quest is inside out, meaning that it's tracking the world around it, 
it can now track your hands and you can use your hands as controllers, mm-hmm. right? And what this means is that it's limiting, it's, it's essentially making VR even easier than it already did by making it mobile because now you just need the headset. You put the headset on and you can walk around and hold things like normal. Like if you want to do the dishes, you could technically do the dishes in VR and your hands will still be tracked so that like you do the dishes, you dry your hands off and then you can immediately play a game. You don't have to go find the controllers. You don't have to like do anything like your hands are now in the game. They are how you interact with oh the VR environment you know what I'm thinking and your of, real Quinn? environment. Did you ever see that? Um, I think it's called like a fake advertisement. Um, it was on YouTube. I think it was called Sight. And so one of the things is like uh, they would put these computer chips inside of their eyes. And so they can essentially play games while they're like cooking and okay. other stuff. Uh, eventually, right. if you recall the game or the the advertisement got to the end where the person was an engineer and was able to control the other person because the person had it Mm -hmm. if you recall that but basically my point is is that how fun would it be to be able to wash dishes and make it a game because i fucking hate washing the dishes now how much fun more fun would it be if you can make a game out of normal day chores that you do right so that, that that's like the the far off um use like if this continues to progress down this line then yeah that definitely could be a thing but what i'm just thinking about is like if the quest 2 is let's say a year away Mm -hmm. and it has fully integrated hand tracking like right now it's pretty basic right it's not it's not it's not you wouldn't buy it in a premium state yeah it's definitely not in like a premium state and they know that and they said that they're like hey this is this isn't you know the main feature this isn't why you buy a quest you buy a quest because it's the mobile vr that's good right and now it can be a desktop vr as well that's decent now the quest 2 if oculus focuses all their attention on this quest line of product which i think they're they're doing arguably because they haven't they haven't made so the newest rift which is their wired solution their tethered solution hasn't been made by them for the last like year or so it's been made by a different company they've just offset they've said like oh samsung's gonna make all the hardware we're just gonna focus on the quest Mm -hmm. so if they focus keep focusing on the quest which i think arguably is the the way vr is going we do have this completely opposite end which is have the strongest pc available and have like the highest refresh rate highest frame rate highest resolution and have like the crispest um most interactive vr experience through that and then you have the opposite end, which is like decent mobile VR. And I think pursuing mobile VR is going to be the way to get the most amount of people involved and interested in VR. And if they can make the Quest 2 like badass compared to the Quest 1, that is we are we are headed to Ready Player <laughs> 1 almost. Oh, you know I, I mean? can't wait for that. Yeah, I am. Um, I I think the best way to to hit the market is kind of what you're what you're saying is like somehow make, I I don't know if this is like possible with technology. I don't understand uh, VR stuff that well, but like somehow make a, um, a VR headset where it gets better due to your um, uh, gaming PC. Like if you want to be a hardcore gamer, it's based on your PC, not based on your headset. Well, that's what it, that's what it, the that, quest that, is. That's what I'm saying. That's that's, a- I'm just reiterating that like that's the oh, way to I see go. And not make right. the best headset um, only for right. that small market. Make it. It's not mandatory to have the extra hardware, but it can still utilize having a good. Computer. I guess it's like having a PS4 controller. Like any controller would have worked for playing on Steam for us, um, so we can right. pick and choose. And you know, it's not the best controller for for maybe the PC. There's probably better ones um, that make it easier to to I guess connect to it. But because it it works. It works. And uh, my P- my my PC is so damn good. I mean, I'm flaunting it a little bit here, but it, it does everything I ever want to do. And it does it perfectly fine with the, the controller. So, yeah, um, I'm in hopes. I really do want that um, quote unquote dystopia um, or I guess maybe even a, maybe it's a utopia where um, the virtual utopia with the real life dystopia. 
where uh, we have the ability to like do things where we wash dishes or we go on dates and then it actually has a little tracker <laughs> and it tells you like. So the, you know. the other thing too is that that's like more AR technology and AR technology hasn't, we're not there yet where AR no, technology is. But the good. fact that we're getting really close with things like cars, being able to track the environment around them and then we can drive. It just seems like we're so close to like, what is the word? Um, putting them together uh merging them together there is ar stuff where you wear glasses and it will modify the world right um and i think that's the the cars being able to see other cars is a totally different technology but i see what you're saying i i I think it would still be inconvenient you have a big fat thing on your head while you're washing the dishes but i think uh, oh the uh questar no, no, the, no, no. The, I'm talking so about the, the quest. quest is VR. Yeah, but you said it's untethered. So I'm saying like I'm okay with something, a big fat thing going on my head if it means I can go wash dishes and play a game out of it. Right. But that would be AR, which is something like the HoloLens, Microsoft mm. HoloLens, which are glasses that you can see through. Like you'll be able to see your dishes, but you would just be like, it would display points and combos and stuff. Oh, on I don't, I don't want to see my dishes. I want them to turn into cartoony bull- bullshit. <laughs> well it might, no i might be able to do that but i think it through tech technology wise yeah. i think ar is where that will mm-hmm. happen where your, mo- your environment is modified okay. and so, yeah oculus is more of like you're in a virtual environment while ar is more of like we're making your environment different yeah if i'm in the ar band camp then then <laughs> then vr shit although right. if it is like player one honestly That'd be that'd be a, a great thing to be in. Although, you know when you watch player one and you see like the actual equipment that the guy uses, like it totally feels like he like you don't act are, are not actually in the virtual world. Like it, it doesn't feel that way no matter how they, they represent in like the movie or in the book. Like I don't feel like I would ever I think get in lost. the book it I, the book does a way better job than the movie. Like the book is you're in this huge contraption. Oh, in the end. That has not in the beginning though. I'm talking about like the No, in the beginning, stuff. yeah. In the beginning he he totally says like he has the shittiest VR thing in the world, which is like it, it's represented in the book by modern VR. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, by the end it's like you you have this whole contraption pulling on all of your limbs like to make you feel, etc. Like if you're getting shot or whatever. God, that's going to be impossible to have if we keep having a population <laughs> growing. <laughs> We're never going to have what, what What the the future of VR by... By... It has to be by Sword Art Online. Valve. By Valve and Elon Musk. These are like two... They both arrived at the same conclusion and then they don't talk to each other at all. But essentially the, the next big step isn't through a device. It's through... Um, the brain. Im- yeah implants into yeah. our brain because like i think sort out online's idea where you're not really moving and you're inside kind of like a dream is probably the closest mm-hmm. thing that would be the most convenient for people to use because i i think someday we're just not gonna have enough room for vr stuff except for maybe facilities where we can rent them out well it's not even that i think it just it's easier the the hardware of our brain is far superior and far cheaper than having to build hardware that will like put us into a dreamlight like state. It's still just as fucking hard to use the brain because we're still don't understand it. I think that's the issue. Right. We're not there yet. (laughs) But the idea is that once AI gets so fucking good that it just knows it, it basically knows us better than we'll ever know ourselves. Then we can like do stuff. That's scary. Um, And then we can integrate with AI. (laughs) (laughs) And then we'll become cyborgs that can dream up dishwashing. That can have, that can have cyborg babies. <laughs> Instead of getting a dishwasher, we'll just have to we'll, we'll invent games to make dishwashing fun. Well, we're going to have cyborg babies, Quinn. That's what you just integrated uh, joke was. It's not a joke. I'm serious. Like, if you put a chip in your brain, you're considered a cyborg. And so, you know. I, I thought having fun was considered babies. being a cyborg close enough. It is by a lot of people. Yeah. By... Uh, philosophers and feminists fuck all right i think we talked about the quest and our our lofty ideals what would you what is the last thing you want to talk about quinn uh i think we should talk about this sherlock holmes business yeah it's pretty confusing um so the basic idea is that uh focus home is a publisher and focus home interactive interactive is a 
publisher. And they basically have a bunch of intellectual property from Sherlock Games. Because like like most things, like uh, Bloodborne was a good example, was made by um, uh, From Software. But it was published by Sony. Namco, Namco Bandai. It was published by Banco, Bandai Namco? Well, so I think it's published by Namco Bandai, but Sony purchased that. They hired From Software to make the game. Okay, but I'm pretty sure Sony owns the intellectual property, or is it Bandai Namco? Yeah, no, they own the intellectual property, but publishing is... So there are like three different processes. There's making the game, there's publishing, there's distribution, and then there's who owns the intellectual property. Usually I'm understanding that the intellectual property isn't owned by the game developers. It's usually owned by the publisher or the person who... Well, no, it depends. It really just depends. Like indie games that can't publish themselves will still own their IPs, but they're being published by someone else who will get a percentage of the Okay, so like let's think about Stardew Valley then. Is that... Is that IP right. owned by Chucklefish or is it owned by the individual person himself, the the one who made the game? It's it's probably owned by the individual person. Okay. Um, there might be a separate like clause in their contract where if he makes a second one, Chucklefish gets to be the publisher. Mm. But he, I believe, owns the. Okay, so this is a fuck fest already. So yeah, they, th- this is like a. The, really okay, so then the simplest thing, thing we own. can say is that game developers. Um, for who want to work with larger companies may not have it, may not have their right. IP, uh, their intellectual property. They might not own the games that they make. Now, it sounds like by uh, the people who make the Sherlock Holmes games, Frogwares, that when a deal expires, like basically with Focus Home, when um, the deal expires, they're supposed to get back their intellectual property and then do what they will with it. But they this time they didn't get right. it. This is, I guess, the first time in 20 years this has ever happened. Um, and mm-hmm. it wasn't in their contract to say that they were requiring it. And then, like, I guess Focus, like, replies back, yeah, fuck you. We're not giving anything back to anyone anymore, uh, which is a little weird. So, like, what made them decide to do this? I, I'm assuming it's money. That it, it's probably more beneficial for Focus Home Interactive to not transfer the title it's because one of the things that essentially happens is um you're already on the storefront and so you're basically transferring that over so now by doing that you're i guess losing money if you lose the home well, okay so what i just want to clarify let me let me let me uh, Ask some explain what i think is happening and then you can tell me if i'm okay. on the right path or not so frogware makes sherlock home games yes right folks i'm interactive is the publisher for those mm-hmm. games when so in some sense if let's say sherlock holmes is on steam mm-hmm. um, you might not know the answer to this but i'm assuming the the way the money breaks down is steam gets 30 mm-hmm. percent, then focus home interactive gets paid and then they pay frogwares the percentage that's in their contract so essentially focus home interactive owns the game on steam mm-hmm. Yeah, they got and listed. so the money goes to them first. So focus on and then they go to was listed first before uh, Frogwares, right? So after a certain amount of time, Focus Home Interactive changes the owner uh, on let's say Steam as the platform or any platform to Frogwares. Yeah, and some and of those Frogwares some now of those owns by, that the um, Frogwares has made um, actually has their name changed. Um, I think the only one I could think of. Uh, I'm trying to remember it Sherlock Holmes and I think it has something to do with Jack the Ripper. I think it was uh, that okay. one. Well, it doesn't yeah, matter. But my point is they have so the, the name, the, the, name the owner gets changed to Frogwares and then they get all the mm-hmm. income that's left over from Steam. Yeah, for whatever purchases. And now that's that. right. And so now this is no longer happening, but in addition to that They're taking them down. Uh Focus Focus Home Interactive is taking the games off of all these platforms. Which is a very big deal because now you have to go through the process of, uh, like, I guess, going through a form or an inquiry. Well, let's say Steam. And then you have to, like, say, okay, this game is fine. It, it meets all the standards. And I don't actually know what the word SDK stands for off the top of my head. You might you might know this off the top of your head, Quinn. But basically, there are, like, some legal stuff and um, server stuff. Software so- development yeah. kit. Yeah. So it's, like, all the, it's the backbone of what the game needs to be, like, 
Yeah, and it needs to be under those regulations or or those uh, under those I guess technological processes. So they're not up to snuff, and it costs money to actually get up to that point. Um, okay, so but they are they're in they are being re- they can republish their games. Yes. It just costs them more it money. It costs Frogwares money. Yes, right. So basically, it, uh, Focus Home Interactive isn't stealing or keeping no no way they said that their games all they're saying is we're not going through the process of transferring the game to you you can do what do mm-hmm. that which is oh well, that's not that bad um but they did here's the problem though i think the the bad thing is that the game the games disappear off of markets and then have to be re-uploaded mm-hmm. like that the, sucks pr- and it should be easy to just talk to steam and be like like if they've done this before, if they've done this before on multiple platforms, it should be easy enough for Focus Home Interactive and Frogware to talk to these developers or talk to these uh I think the bigger platforms. problem is that this is the first time it's ever happened to them. Like, right. This is like it's a normalcy. It's to to transfer over your intellectual property back to uh uh Frogwares um or the developer right. in order to to make more money off of it because uh, you know, they're small. They're not, you know, when you're right, but they they still, from what you just said, it sounds like they can still go through Steam again and put the game up. But there's also the process of that they're not making money during the time period that there is. Uh, right, but in in a weird way, I'm sure this is not. I'm sure in the contract it doesn't say that Focus Home Interactive has they do to not. do this. This was actually something that they did say that it is not in the contract. Um, that this was just a so, normalcy. This is what they were saying. This is normal for every publisher that they've ever worked with to give back. And then all of a sudden now it's not. It's like as if, um, I don't know, I always give you a $10 tip for a haircut, you know, and that's what I always do, but then I just stop doing it. it right. But I think that's what it is. It's a tip. Yeah. It's Focus Home Interactive doing a beneficial thing for Frogwares for free. Mm-hmm. When, like, arguably, I'm sure Focus Home Interactive is like, we're doing this for every developer, and it's, like, costing us a lot of money, and they might be having issues or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it doesn't sound as bad as I first thought. It does sound kind of like an asshole move, but it's definitely not like... At first, it sounded like, we're removing your games and not giving you access to upload your games mm-hmm. again. I think they can still uh, upload their games. I don't think that they've lost the ability to get their intellectual property. I don't think... Right. They still own the games. Yeah. They just need to would go be, through the entire process. It would process be very odd in, of, like, in general for a developer to create a game and then not actually have the code for it to be able to put it back up. Like It, it right. doesn't make sense, in my head at least, that... Um, I don't know, Bloodborne for, they, for they whatever have reason. It, yeah. I, just, I just like that game. Like uh, From Software doesn't have the code for that game and Sony has it or Bandai and Namco has it and that they can't get to it ever again. Right. It's just right. legal reasons why they can't um, put it on PC or something like that or some other right. platform. Well, I hopefully this doesn't happen, but I'm assuming if this is the, it's going to stay this way, right? Like Focus on isn't going to Yeah, this is a new policy their... for them now. Right, they're not going to be like, Oh, because people on the internet are upset, we're going to change this. But I could see Frogwares being like, oh, this is too much of a cost for us. And then Epic swoops in and is like, hey, we'll deal with all those costs, baby. <laughs> Just make all of the <laughs> Sherlock Holmes games exclusive to the Epic Game Store. Uh, Epic, good for them if they do that, honestly. Because that's just like, they want to be the number and one. they'll be like, hey, your next game, do you want your next game to be exclusive? Because we do. We'll pay for the entirety of the game. Just get it on is this here. More the, so what Epic is doing is more than Steam would ever have done, right? Because like Epic actually goes and purchases oh, yeah. more or less indie game developers. Not like purchases specifically, but like their games and then puts them on the store. It's kind of, uh, it's not bribery, but it's, it very feels kind of like bribery. But it, in, like. A, in a way, it's kind of beneficial because like when you go on Steam, it's still difficult to, to publish. It's still very costly. And so no, like, yeah, it's Epic it's it's that. beneficial to the developer and it's beneficial to Epic. It's 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 a win-win for developers and mm-hmm. Epic for sure. I like I I'm so far Epic is in a good light, even though it's not the best light. It's a little dim. It's it's getting a little like, brighter. To be honest, if they if they 
if it was up to snuff in terms of like the features on Steam, I would have to say it's it's all. And it is better. getting better. I will say this. For it the, is for... getting better. It is kind of slow, but yeah, it is getting better. I want there to be reviews. I want there to be a wish list. Like I want the store to be better to navigate. I want my library to be easier weren't, to navigate. Weren't you surprised when uh, they actually had the hours of game played when you when I when I told you about that earlier this week? Yeah, I mean, but I'm sure. I mean, I know that's not that's not a lot, but it's like it's it's starting like things are starting to to change. Like you you're starting to see it slow, very slow. Yes, it seems it's getting a little bit more convenient. Um, I think that someday that more convenient uh, to use the Epic Games Launcher, like things look nicer uh, when they when when they appear. Um, When I go to the store. Um, how it I, I don't think it's more convenient. It's not, I'm not I think saying it's it more convenient nicer than Steam. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. No, I know, but I'm saying I don't think it's it's gotten... Like, there hasn't been anything more convenient except for maybe cloud saves. That's, like, mm-hmm. the only thing they've added in the last couple months that adds convenience. Right. It's getting there. That's all That's all I'm trying to get at. Yeah. It's getting there. It'll. It's. It might become better than Steam. It's getting scary. We're going to have to have a part two when uh, Epic becomes better than Steam. Yeah, Steam and Valve are... Valve's having yeah. an issue. They're... Oh man, in a couple of years they could be non-existent. To be honest, and like if we give it ten years, if we just zoom to ten years from now, Valve might be hurting really bad. Yeah. Especially with their, they've put so much money into VR, but they put it into the expensive side of VR, and that's not where the money is going to be made. We're gonna, we're gonna have to wait and see. I can't, I can't wait. I think this is a fun battle. This is a fun <laughs> I battle. I can't wait. I don't. I think there's gonna be a lot of shit that's gonna happen, but this is gonna be really fun to just watch, like with some popcorn and and see who dukes it out harder so yeah yeah but anyways um guys i think we're done having this this long-winded discussion we're, we're done. done we're quitting, we're quitting. <laughs> uh we wanted to thank you guys quitting for this episode uh yeah thanks for listening and we wanted to say that if you wanted to give your opinions about what we talked about you know maybe you're on the side with epic or not or maybe you want to talk about green gaming maybe there was more stuff that they actually said because you were actually a participant there <laughs> maybe there was more news that you were interested in that we didn't talk about yeah like uh fortnite adding uh, ai bots to non-competitive playlists when you play online games you know anything there's, there's too many things that we we could have talked about uh, that we didn't feel like talking about because it wasn't yeah there's there's honestly every episode we we don't talk about a lot of games yeah. that were released we don't talk about a lot of news there's just a whole lot going on and we kind of just pick and choose what seems most relevant and what is most relevant to yeah. us so go on twitter go at bs gamers podcast and maybe talk about some things that you found that are interesting heck even post your own news and maybe it might even show up uh in that week's news most likely will <laughs> <laughs> but what else can they do to make it even better for us quinn if you want to help some brothers out, rate and review us on whatever platform you are listening to. And what Chase said at the beginning of the podcast is if you are about to leave a negative review, stop and give us your critiques on Twitter and we'll improve. And then maybe you can up your review. Yeah? Deal? Deal. Deal. All right, I'm going to go uh, rate and review right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I think that's it for the podcast. So we'll see you guys later. See you in the next one. Red blue, 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 red blue